Welcome, Welcome to the Nightly Rant with your hosts, Mike and Toria. This is the show where we examine society from a sarcastic point of view. If you like insane conversations, this is definitely the show for you. Let's get into today's topic. YPN people, I don't know about you, but I love helping out a friend. That's why I want to shout out my friend Brian Little and his podcast, Your favorite blockhead. This is the only show that manages to weave together peanuts and MMA into one heck of an amazing podcast. You can find your favorite blockhead wherever your favorite podcasts reside and at yourfavoriteblockhead.com. Do me a huge favor and listen to Brian's show. You'll be entertained and you'll help out a friend. Now, as I said, let's get into today's topic. So, country was back at the beginning of the year uh all interested in politics again did you notice that vaguely i i've paid zero attention to the world for the last months <laughs> are you still on vacation mode i i'm on <laughs> vacation mode from social media and the world pretty much yes now well, that would that would do it because like you're not like a you're not like me you don't look at any youtube videos or anything like that no not at all. all right, so. <laughs> well, I think our guest um, would probably have some interesting things to say about this, like revitalized um, Republican Party. Need a guest, um, you know, just and you know we do. His name is Sam. He is Sam Widener. He's a high school student in Virginia, uh, but he doesn't let that factor limit his capabilities. In fact, Sam is the host of the Rant World conservative podcast and he has received ranks as high as the top 150 podcasts about government in the world according to chartable so welcome to the show sam absolutely thank you guys for having me on welcome welcome so it's (laughs) great to finally meet you um and uh, we really appreciate you being here and um you know i was i was telling you beforehand i think it's amazing that you know can you can you tell our audience how old you are 17 17 so we have a 17 year old who um serves on the board of the national high school republicans as a development director is that correct I mean, that's yes one sir position you hold. yes at 17 years old what got you interested in holding that particular role at this moment so a little bit of background the organization high school republicans is fairly new i believe it was formed April, March, May, sometime in that time span of 2022 last year. And we just went full force after it. I was on the state board as for the high school Republicans here in Virginia as the ninth congressional district chairman. And they released this information that they were creating this new organization, the high school Republicans. And what it was, it was just a group of state chairs that were disappointed with the low amount of involvement that the National Teenage Republicans, which more people are probably aware of, what they were doing. So because of that low involvement, some of the state chairs, they got together, they created the high school Republicans, and they released these statements saying that they're going to open up applications. So of course, being in Virginia, I applied to be the Northeast Regional Director. So I served in that capacity until about the last month, month and a half. And ever since then, we 
reframed some things on the board. And since then, I have been the national development director. But my passion for politics, it, it began well, well, well before this past year. I was involved in politics at 10 years old in fifth grade during wow. the 2016 presidential election. That's when I first got that interest in politics. I was watching. What sparked it? It, it was just a kind of a random thing that happened. It was just spontaneous, come out of nowhere. So I was watching the news. I watched the news every night with my parents. Absolutely hated it. I, I, I just did not like watching the news. It was awful. So then I started watching some of the Republican and Democrat primaries, and I fell in love with politics after that point. And after that, I've just been interested in it 100%. I've been going at it full force. Uh, start of freshman year during the summer, I believe it was, I got involved in working with campaigns. I went off to Richmond to serve as a Virginia page up in Richmond, Virginia. And since then, I'm now working on my 11th campaign, I think it is, and made 50-ish thousand, 45,000-ish uh, voter contacts for the Trump campaign back in 2020. Uh, that was just for that campaign alone, and that doesn't count the numerous, numerous tens of hours that I've worked on the other campaigns. And it's just been an interest of mine that I've picked up you know, that long time ago, and it's just been full force since then. Do you have an interest in running for office someday? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. I'm attending Liberty University this fall to major in government with a concentration in politics and policy. And then I hope to get my master's in public policy and then off to law school eventually. So, so you're going to be the president someday is what you're telling me. Well, that, that's what everyone has always hoped. So <laughs> hopefully I can uh, fulfill that dream. Don't forget about us when it happens. <laughs> oh, no. I won't. No, I think that's interesting because, because again, I mean – not you most 17 year olds like i have um a son who's 18 and um he's a really smart kid um he hangs around with smart friends but even the smart friends when you talk to them they where are they going i don't know what are you gonna do i don't know so i mean just having a direction already is giving you a huge advantage you're gonna be a step ahead of people I, you know i commend you for that that's that's um thank you a big huge step when all he was interested in at 17 is uh, League of Legends. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, that's what he was into when he was 17, was, you know, a video game and and um, running. You know, that's what he was into. So, I mean, that's not like it wasn't anything good. I mean, he, he loved it and, you know, he, he enjoys it. It's just, I, I think that for future, being dialed in at 17 is, you know, it's amazing. I mean, it, I think it's interest. It's rare for someone to have the passion start at ten either. I think that's. Did your parents encourage that? I mean, it, it it sounds like if by having them, you know, by you saying you had to watch the news with them, it sounds like they at least enforced that. Yeah, and you know, I, I say that, and it's it's wild because really there was no outside influence. You know, I had to watch the news. Like I said, I despised it. I It's like I almost resented the fact that I had to watch the news. And then it just spontaneously happened that I was watching a primary and I fell in love with it. A primary debate that was. Anyways. And they they support me 100%. They support me 
I keep them on their toes quite a bit going around, <laughs> just speaking at events. I'm sure it drives them crazy a bit, but they do. They support me. And honestly, it, there was no outside factor, I would say, with their involvement to getting me involved. That's really cool. So, I mean, how how are things now, though? I mean, like if you're if you're stepping up and speaking at events and whatnot, um, do you ever get people harassing you because, you know, they think. I mean, you know what they say out there. Oh, if you know, if you if you supported Trump, you were a racist. I mean, come on, that's the most ridiculous argument <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. It's not even an argument; it's just a slur, you know, really. Right. Um, but I mean, are, do you get any of that like pushback from people at all? Well, right now, mostly of what I've been speaking at has been local Republican Party events, and that's been with my role as the high school development director. So I haven't had too much pushback. I have found pushback, however, in the Facebook comic section when uh, these uh, groups have published me on their Facebook pages trying to get more young people out because, believe it or not, at local GOP meetings, there is no one there under the age of 30 at least. So <laughs> oh, that does not they, they try to get a little bit more of a younger population there when, when I come to speak just so that they can firsthand see what I'm talking about and get in contact with me. But when they placed me on these pages, I remember the first one I went to is Carroll County, Virginia. And I was being called a Nazi. I was being called a Nazi militia man, I I believe is the term that was used. A brown shirt, I think is a synonym for that militia man. And yeah, just all of these awful things. So I haven't experienced too much pushback at these meetings in person. But as we all know, regardless of what party it is, you're less likely to experience that pushback in person. Those keyboard just, warriors. That's just the era of social media, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were, we were, we were talking about how society has veered. To a, to a different direction and you know how some of it some of it could be good but a lot of it is really bad and um, one of the things we were talking about was like cancel culture you know and how where did it become other people's right to say oh I don't agree with you so I'm going to make sure you don't have a job you know um, and they they forget when one one side of the spectrum does that to the other side of the spectrum when the power switches, which it always will, it's going to be used against them as well. So that's why you shouldn't really push the envelope. But what do you think about what's going on in the world today? I mean, um, a lot of what, what do you feel like? Let's go back to, say, right around the pandemic starting. You know, what, what, what happened? Because there was definitely a shift uh, in the world at that point. Right. Yeah. And you brought up a great point with cancel, cancel culture. I'm sorry, I can't talk today. But cancel culture, you know, I've done an episode or two about this, and it's something that is truly affecting the world today. Regardless of how much or how little you think it is, it's affecting each and every one of us. Regardless of what party or what political ideology or affiliations you may have, cancel culture is going to affect you at some point, regardless of whether it's sooner or later. Let's look at Elon Musk, for example. You know, he's Some people can say that he's arrogant. Some people may say that he's not arrogant. But he published a poll on his Twitter account that said, do you want me to resign as the CEO? Right? I I think that 
shock some people and other people not so much. But ultimately, the poll said, yes, you should resign. And with that, you know, I think there is a little bit of cancel culture. You, you can see that Elon Musk was, quote unquote, a champion for canceling cancel culture, some people may say, right. on his Twitter platform. But it's seriously an issue. Regardless of what your idea is, you should be able to freely express that idea. Whether it is condemning or condoning the behaviors of a politician, someone in your locality, someone holding a local office, you should be able to freely express those opinions. And going on about society, today our society is headed in a very, very poor direction. We have so many young people out here. And with social media, it just makes everything so, so, so much more worse. We have, like I mentioned earlier, the era of social media. We have people being bullied, cybersecurity bullying, all of this and that that are affecting the mental health of young people. And with that, we're seeing an increase in suicide rates. I think that is one of the major things that people should be talking about, but we're not necessarily talking about enough. 17 kids, teenagers that is, alone, on average commit suicide every single day, and many more attempt it. And that leaves, I believe the number I read was 20-some thousand family members wishing that they could have done something on a daily basis here in the U.S. I think that's something that we need to seriously address. And that's just one of the issues in society. I can go on and on, but there is a lot of issues in society that we need to discuss, aside from politics. It's one of my most passionate topics is the mental health stuff. It's not, talk yes. it's not talked about enough. Yeah, or at all. No, and really. I think it comes to light quite a bit this past couple of months since uh, Mental Health Month, I believe it was. Yeah. So everybody kind of realized that the pandemic kind of ruined everybody in the mind. And now they're just starting to talk about it, which is, I mean, it's good. I mean, it's not good how we got here, but. <laughs> right. Well, but they have to change the stigma that goes along with it because. It, that's why people don't talk about it because it's, you know, oh, you're perceived as a weak person if you talk about your feelings. And I don't agree with that. I think I think you you're free to do how you do you the way you do you, you know, and that's as long as you're as long as you're not stepping on my toes while you do it, we're, we're OK. And I think that's essentially how it has to be looked at, because, you know, ultimately. How you interact with me is how people look at. How am I trying to say this? It's how they look at you as a human being. You know, are you a good or bad person? I put that, those in quotes. Right. And the stigma, I like how you brought that up. The stigma is definitely something that needs to be discussed. We had Mental Health Month a couple months ago, and my school passed out rubber ducks, I think it was. And it said, stop the stigma. And I, I just thought that was a, you know, just a simple little thing that gets the message out there. I was reading the book. I believe it was Make Today a Great Day or something. It was by the National Teen Suicide Society. And what they were talking about was so many people think that if you don't talk about it, then you're going to cause less suicides. Because if you talk about it, then you may cause that thought to go into someone's head. And that's something that is not true. They read the book, they disprove that theory. They bring to light how wrong 
that theory truly is. They show that talking about it, they show that asking the right questions is how you actually prevent that from happening. And just like you were talking about, the idea that talking about your feelings, it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of anything but weakness. And everyone has their different ways of dealing with stress, anger, all of these different emotions. And I think it's something that really needs to be brought to light. I like that your I like that your high school did something for Mental Health Month when when I was in high school in the, in Canada a hundred years ago <laughs> they did something called Challenge Day and they separated all of us out into little groups and we did like a line walk where they asked you know the questions where you take a step forward if thing and they paired us with teachers who really talked about their struggles while they were in high school and it was really cool and. 14 years later, I'm still talking about it. So it must have been impactful. <laughs> well, but that's why, you know, it's, it's how we're taught, you know, like, what are they, what are they talking about? I, I think, I think it's in your state, the whole, I mean, the governor's race was turned on education. So, you know, if I'm correct, I can't remember. Oh, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, education was a huge factor in the victory of Glenn Youngkin. Regardless of what affiliation you are, education needs to be a key issue for parents. For parents specifically, for so long, parents have not had the right to determine what was in their child's education. For so long, the federal government and the state's governments have ruled what children are learning. I personally disagree with the whole concept of the National Board of Education. We have SOL tests, right? Or, well, in my state, at least, they're called SOL tests, standards of learning tests. And we spend billions, billions on these tests that you get the same as a test that some other teacher can give in grade so that there's no bias from your own teacher. And I, I crunched the numbers, and it takes like so many millions to build a school. And the way that this works is each state spends roughly the same amount of money on these standardized tests, but the price per student fluctuates based off population. So like Virginia spends more on the cost per student per test than California because of population. But with that number of the amount of money that states spend on these standardized tests, you could end up building like 28 schools. I think it was with a 90% down payment on the next. And it just goes to show how much and how little we are truly putting emphasis on education. And the way to get around this is the National Board of Education. Because of the National Board of Education and just the way that you know the federal government is set up, you have to have standardized tests. And of course, states can you know, raise and lower the number of tests that they administer, but they ultimately have to have an X number of tests. Mike has said before he thinks the National Board of Education should go. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it should. I think it was the beginning of the end for our education system. Actually, I mean, um, I'm my motto is whenever the government gets involved in something, you can expect it to be screwed up. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> that's how I see it. So I think the more the people can handle for themselves, 
um, the better. And, you know, let the power, I mean, even our forefathers, they knew, you know, let the power trickle to the local area because why not? You're going to govern each other. It's who you live with every day. And I think um, we're too stuck today on whether we're a Republican or a Democrat or something else. And it, and what's even getting even worse, I'll just tell you, is if, if you were to say you were, say you're a Green Party member, you get ridiculed immediately by both parties, both major parties. And that's that's the problem, you know, is you can't say that you're for freedom of speech while bashing somebody who has perhaps a slight, maybe board. 14 degree shift from your viewpoint, you know, I mean, and that's what happens is they just get bashed by everybody. And so no one's willing to open their mouth and speak out. And so we just continue this, you know, I mean, what are, what does I see recently, ideologically speaking, if you were to take the questions and just break them down into yes and no, the big major questions of the day, it'd be about 50, 50 on them, pretty much everything. And that's, scary some people would say that's good but it's scary because one little one little faction could make it switch one way or the other and it's just i don't know i don't know the solution to it so but but your your involvement at an early age is commendable and um like i said to you earlier whether it was as a republican in your case or if you were a democrat or you know a green party a libertarian i don't care what you were um just the involvement alone is amazing. I, I can tell you this, this will age me, but I can tell you that when I was in high school, um, I think it was my senior year, I had um, a friend in my friend, a pretty good female friend in my friend group who worked on the Ross Perot for president campaign. And, um, you know, he, he made quite the shock, you know, in the world with how, how many, you know, how much he got you know, percentage wise of the, of the popular vote was pretty crazy at the time, but I came from that era and we were more active. And then I watched my older kids and they just didn't care at all. And then my younger kids, they care, but not about what I would think is important to society as a whole. You know what I'm saying? So I commend you, my friend for getting out there and, um, you know, standing up for what you believe in. And um, what I'm impressed by with you is that everything that you've said, um, could I have disagreed in places? Sure, I could have. But you had your reason why, and it was sound. And that's, to me, um, I always tell Toria this on the show, we should form the what we call the consistency caucus because all we care about is consistency. If you're going to say... It has to be this way. Well, then the next time a similar issue comes up that can kind of overlay, you better say the same thing, right? If you change your, if you flip flop, well, now you're just a politician. Right? <laughs> I mean, anybody can do that. But ha having a stance, I mean, you can put any label on yourself that you want, but having a stand that you stand for, that's commendable. And um, I've noticed that my two youngest ones, once they went into college, that sparked their politics interest. And they both leaned very conservative, which surprised me. For being honest. California residents. 
<laughs> yeah, they're, you know, they're high California high school students. So, you know, you, you figure, I mean, especially, I mean, we watched the county go Oof. from, you know, red to blue right before our eyes. So, yeah, it was, was an unpleasant rough. switch, let me tell you. Uh, there's, there's a lot of blue in California. I mean, I, yeah, they, but they've gotten interested now. I mean, uh, very, very interested. We have actually conversations about it now, which is kind of cool. So. I'm sure your parents are very proud of you for your involvement um, as it is. So, Yeah, I, I absolutely appreciate you guys having me on. And like you were saying, the labels that you put on yourself, it doesn't necessarily define you, right? I was at the University of Virginia Swinton Institute for High School Leaders, and we went through a, uh, I guess you would say like seminar, kind of like teaching mode. And they were listing like all these different parties. They were listing the Democrat Party, the Republican Party, the Libertarian Party, the Green Party. And what we had to do is we had to, and of course we were a very diverse group. We had a lot of different opinions. And we had to go through and each of us had to go through and, you know, just say what come to mind when we thought of these parties. And of course we had different perspectives. We had Republicans being called racist. We had libertarians being wannabe Republicans. We had green parties being, uh, I care about the issues, but not so much just the particular issue. We had the Democrats being snowflakes. It was just all of these different titles that we all come up with. And it was expressing just how politics shouldn't necessarily get in the way of friendships and how politics doesn't label you as a person. Because we went into the program and they said, don't tell anyone your political affiliations. Don't tell anyone what your ideas are. And it was all just to work up to that one activity. Just so that, you know, we learned that who we are, we got to know each other beforehand. So who we are and what we believe doesn't define us as a person. And, there's a lot and of I think that's something that. that we absolutely need to work on. Yeah, and common ground is definitely something we need to work on. Common ground, you know, we can look at any given issue, and at some point, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, you can find common ground somewhere. And with that being said, you can find that common ground and you can work out a solution. And we don't see that in today's world. And it's trickling down from the federal level all the way down to the local level. And I personally love local politics much more than I do federal politics. Local politics is where it's at. Local politics is where the biggest changes happen, and people just don't know it yet. But local politics truly affects the world. So, um, so where can all of our listeners find you? Absolutely. So, you can find the High School Republicans page at hsreps.org. You can find my pages at RantWorld1776 across all social media platforms, and then you can check out my website at www.rantworld.org. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being on. And um, like I said, you know, um, I'm really impressed with uh, where where you're coming from and, you know, Thank you're you. very well spoken. So um, I'm going to perhaps reach out to you from time to time and get your opinion on some issues that we discuss because um, I have some ideas for the new year, some new segments that we might do. So, all right. So if you're interested, we'll talk about it, you know. Absolutely. Maybe. Okay. All right, cool, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. And um, 
with that, I mean, that's all we've got, right? Yep, that's everything. So, good night, everyone. Hasta la bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Nightly Rant. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. If you didn't enjoy the show, please just ignore that previous request for a rating. This has been a Yogi's Podcast Network production.